This was a total team effort, baby. High school football at its best right there. That was 48 minutes of... That's modern-day football, baby! That's modern-day football! Two-on-one. A fantasy football podcast. With your host, Steven Bautista. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Steven Bautista. Alongside me, as always, the commish, Tommy Molio, and everyone's best friend, Dominic Rickard. The NFL Week 3 was another example of why people have coined the term on any given Sunday. We witnessed rookie quarterback Josh Allen hurdle Vikings linebacker Anthony Barr on his way to lifting the Bills to the biggest NFL upset in 23 years. Buffalo closed as a 17-point underdog and beat the Vikes 27-6. The people of Cleveland finally received their free Bud Light. The Browns snapped their 624-day losing streak with Baker Mayfield leading them to a 14-point comeback win and solidified himself as the Browns' new starting quarterback. We also saw the young Padawan Matt Patricia vanquish his Jedi master Bill Belichick. The Lions had an impressive win, beating the New England Patriots 26-10. The Patriots are actually now two games back from the division-leading Dolphins. And lastly, the injury bug bit the NFL hard this week, highlighted by the news of the $137 million quarterback Jimmy G season-ending knee injury. But before we jump into our first segment, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to our local alma mater, Modern Day High School, for defeating IMG Academy in one of the most anticipated high school football games in the last decade. Dominic, how impressive was that MD football win? Man, it was exciting. I couldn't be happier. Uh, I'm pretty sure Leonard Fournette Jr. Uh, played for IMG Academy. Dude could not be tackled but by one guy. But with great coaching and a couple of trick plays, uh, we were able to pull the victory out, and the quarterback looked cold as ice in that fourth-quarter drive. Dominic, that wasn't Leonard Fournette? <laughs> it looked like a man. That guy was a, a, a man. Yeah, I think my favorite part of that game was uh, that O lineman scoring that touchdown. That was that was pretty incredible. And being an ex O lineman, I was uh, pretty happy for the dude. But now let's uh, get into what we wanted to talk about on this podcast, and that's uh, NFL quick hits. NFL quick hits. Yeah, my NFL quick hits. I mean, you touched about it on your recap a little bit, but I just want to focus on the rookie quarterbacks. That a couple of them had their first start of the year. A couple of them had their second start. First, I want to talk about Baker Mayfield. His stat line, 17 for 23, only six incompletions for 201 yards, two-point reception that he caught as well. And uh, he should have had a TD to uh, Derek. I mean uh, Landry. He got tackled on the one-yard line. Thank you, Fantasy Gods. I was going against Landry. Next, I want to talk about uh, Sam Darnold. He had an amazing first week. And in the last two weeks, he's kind of looked pretty pedestrian, but I think he'll turn it around. Uh, he was 15 for 31 with 169 yards and he didn't have any picks which is a good good thing and then last but not least josh rosen getting thrown to the the wolves after leading 14 nothing they they vanquished the lead and then he had a they threw him in for the winning drive yeah they they went pick fumble punt punt and then they're like josh rosen it's it's your team now we all knew it was coming with with uh, bradford being injury prone and, and not moving the offense but i don't think that's a a winning strategy to put him into in the game that way. Uh, what do you think about that, Tommy? The one interesting thing I thought is that at the time in the game when Arizona needed needed to move the ball down the field and score with a two minute offense, you know, the most critical point in the game, 
that's when they decided to turn to their rookie. You know, that's when they decided to put Josh Rosen in. And it's like, what exactly. does that say about how they feel about Sam Bradford, you know? And and also, like, what does it say about, you know, all these NFL teams rolling the dice early with these rookie quarterbacks, you know, when they need to win? It's like, nothing else is working. Like, throw the rookie out there, you know? And is it just their sheer talent? And is it about teams not knowing how to defend the quarterback they have no experience with? But either way, Dom, like you're saying, like, this, this 2018 rookie class is is talented. My quick hits, like, can I just talk Raiders for, for one minute? Not to be too much of a homer on this podcast, but I'm just so frustrated that they've been ahead so in games. frustrated. <laughs> this is frustrating. You know, the, the, they've been ahead of games and playing like the team that we'd hope they'd be. You know, it just seems that they are falling apart in the fourth quarter. It's great to see Jordy Nelson finally get his in terms of targets and catches. And I think Gruden's, like, scripting perfect plays for him to try to get Jordy more involved, but... He did that, it seemed like, the first week with Cook and, you know, week two with Cooper and then now finally Jordy. But when is he going to start spreading the wealth around? Tommy, what do you think about my theory that we were texting back and forth about that uh, Gruden, because he lost Mac, uh, he wanted everyone to be his friend. I don't think he's conditioned him. I, I think conditioning has something to do with that. Do you think that plays an effect? Yeah, it just, you know, they they look slow. I mean, I think it was like our first, you know, our week one or week two uh, show, Dom, where you where you were talking about the stats of, of Cooper and Nelson, you know, getting out of their routes and Jordy being with the hundredth hundredth guy on the list that, you know, compared to, to Tyreek Hill and Cooper, but yeah, they're just not, they're, they're not getting open or his scripted plays work. But then after that, he's not making adjustments, you know, as the game goes on, especially after halftime. And, and Steve, do you think like the play calling starts to even out to the whole team this week or? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think obviously I think we, the, they need to spread the ball around. What they're doing is great. You know, they're finding the matchup and the weaknesses, but you can't tell me that you're only going to go to Jordy Nelson one week and just ignore Amari Cooper. I think he had like, two receptions for 17 yards. So, yeah. I mean, you just can't do that. And you're not going to win football. You have to spread it around. And I think Carr is capable of that. He's showed us in the past. So, I, I mean, I put it on Gruden. I mean, we know what Carr can do since, like, that 2016 season. It's up to the coaches to get that out of them. And it's their responsibility. So, yeah, that's all good stuff, guys. Uh, now it's time to uh, get a little weird with uh, everyone's favorite clairvoyant, Nostradamus. Nostradamus. All right, Dominic. So last week you had a couple predictions. Um, actually, you had one prediction that was right. You predicted that Pat Mahomes was going to throw his first two picks. That was incorrect. You thought Fitz Magic would turn into Fitz Tragic with uh, one run TD and one pass TD. Uh, that was incorrect. He had uh, three TDs, but he did have three interceptions. But he also had four uh, four and eleven yards. And then the one you got right was the Browns defeating the Jets. Although that was pretty close to not happening. And then, obviously, you're shot at me about dropping Bailey and didn't come to fruition. Uh, so, it should have uh, come to fruition, but... He oh, held well. strong. He held strong. This week. Yeah. He held strong. Yeah. All right, well, I'll go right into my bull predictions this week. I think the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game is going to be the game of the week. And I, see, I think we see yet another rookie uh, quarterback taking over serious time in Lamar Jackson. Next, I have... Brady throws a TD to at least uh, one TD to Josh Gordon. The fantasy world loses its mind. They think it's the next Moss Brady combo, <laughs> and and the Patriots hand the Dolphins their first loss of the season. Next one, I got Todd Gurley, even in a tough ma- matchup against Minnesota's D, and that's angry from last week by the romping of the Bills outscores Fosberg's running backs Derrick Henry and Bilal Powell combined. 
And then uh, my last one I have is Jimmy Grand not only scores his first TD as a Packer, but his second one as well. Then I have a long prediction here. I put up with Steve's Devenis for being the talent on the podcast show for about three years. And then right at, right when I quit, you guys uh, hire a new white guy to replace me and you start making money. So that's my bold prediction. It's a long one, but we'll see if you stick with it. Did you, did you read my diary, Tom? <laughs> that's already been in the, in the works, man. <laughs> week four, week four. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Tom, man. Thanks for the insight. And I, I think uh, you're starting to make some of us believers, and by us, I mean art. I took a lot of advice <laughs> last week, but uh, yeah, now let's uh, let's get into some fantasy football talk. Hey, Dominic, a player for me that I was really impressed with this week in fantasy was uh, Calvin Ridley. The dude had seven receptions, 146 yards, and three TDs. What'd you think of his performance? I definitely agree. I picked him up on, on the waiver while I was watching the game. I think it's going to be bounced back and forth between Julio, Calvin, and even Sanu getting in the mix, but I think he's the real deal. I drafted him, then I dropped him to make some room from other guys, and I had to get him back on my team. So I've been high on him since preseason, and I hope it pans out for him. Tommy, who do you have for uh, your big player of the week this week in fantasy? Well, I just kind of wanted to continue off of that. Calvin Ridley, the whole New Orleans versus Atlanta game, because I literally have like everyone in that game eight this week. Everyone put up a hell of a lot of points, and it was amazing to watch. And it turned into the shootout we hoped it would be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and even going to overtime and not ending in a tie, like for once. Thank you. Someone scored some damn points. And, uh, and of all people to do it, you know, Drew Brees on the rushing touchdown to walk it off. Like, it, it was insane. Uh, I, I basically have three players from New Orleans and three players from Atlanta that just went off. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara was the highest scoring running back this week for Atlanta. Matt Ryan coming back with huge 53 points, like ridiculous numbers. And Calvin Ridley, like you said, and Julio still got his, you know, almost getting 100 yards, but it's still no touchdowns. You them all going to Calvin Ridley. So, uh, I mean, this game over almost any other game that was played this week from a fantasy perspective was amazing because I think it had the most points scored out of anything, any other game this week. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. Those are there were some big, uh, big players uh, this week. And now just to talk about the other side of it, the biggest player duds of the week. I have three guys that, to me, were the biggest disappointments. I got Latavius Murray, two attempts for one yard, especially after everyone was talking him up so much for everyone was you know, talking about him. Cook, out, they, he, you know, a lot of a lot of people were using him on DFS, and he just uh, and the whole Vikings team really disappointed. I mean, they were a huge dud. They laid an egg. Well, um, and I almost wanted to tweet about like, what if like all these talking heads, like literally everybody saying that they're going to do something, like what if it doesn't happen? You know, I almost wanted to send that tweet out, but I was like, oh no, like what if I'm wrong? You know, but yeah, every, well, I mean, it's a great wrong. matchup. Everyone thought a great it was matchup. Great. Yeah, yeah. I, I had him in daily uh, in DFS, and yeah, he didn't do a damn thing. Yeah, the next guy I had was Amari Cooper, two receptions for 17 yards on five targets, especially after the week before that he had 10 catches for 100 plus yards and to come out with that you know it just that was pretty disappointing for me i'm not gonna lie i think you already touched on it earlier and lastly uh dominic's uh, prediction of will disley finally uh laying an egg one reception for four yards what you think of that performance dom <laughs> i mean he's a rookie tight end and he's gonna have games like that where he doesn't get the targets russell wilson will find him consistently it's his number one tight end so i think he'll still pan out as a top 15 top 20 tight end I'll just say I was just glad that Art listened to us and didn't put a Disley in, you know, in the flex and switched it up a bit. 
Yeah, but it looks like he's got two tight ends in the flex this week. So hey, <laughs> he learned. He learned for he learned for one week, and let's see if it works the second week. My <laughs> him some free dud. nuggets. Free nuggets. My fantasy dud this week is uh, Chris Thompson. I mean, he's coming off a twenty-four point performance and a twenty-two point performance. Redskins got to win this week. I know it was a a different game. Adrian Peterson had a beast of a game. Tommy talked about it. After coming off those two-point performances and then putting up two points on six rushes for 17 yards and only two targets for one reception, I thought that was pretty disappointing, and I felt bad for his fantasy owners. You know, you have to start him after the first two weeks, and then games like that pop up. And then that also helped uh, John B. Art, 131 to 125. You think if he gets any production out of Chris Thompson, he, you know, six more points there in a tie and seven points he wins. So you, you would think that would happen for Art, so... Chris Thompson, my dead of the week. What about you, Tommy? Yeah, my dead of the week was uh, definitely affected me personally on this one was Tom Brady. Uh, that, in my mind, was a great matchup going into Detroit last week. Um, that was kind of shocking. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I thought for sure really they would be indoors against the Lions. Like, I don't know, man. That was weird. Well, and like you said earlier, the protege being his master, Belichick, you know, and, and it just seemed like Patricia had his number all night. But even despite all that, I just, I just can't stop thinking about Patricia's damn pencil in his ear, you know, which I know is like bullshit because his play cards laminated. So, you know, so they kept showing it all <laughs> night. It just, it just bugging you know, me. He you know, flipped his hat forward too this time. Did you yeah. guys that? They, they probably finally said, hey, man, you're not a kid anymore. You're a frat well, boy. Well, it's Flip like, that, you know, are, are they just sending each other signals, you know, across uh, across the field, you know, between him and Belichick? Like, I'm sure there's some there's some uh, unspoken communication going on there. But, you know, yeah, Tom Brady, 26 uh, passing attempts, which, again, that's like super low. But I know he wasn't on the field the whole time. So, you know, good for Detroit for good offense is, is the best defense sometimes. You know, you keep the other guy off yeah. the field. But only 133 yards, one touchdown and one pick, like for for a total 10 points. It is I insane. Just, I don't think Brady has the weapons, man. I think this is like honestly, it's and everyone's been saying that it's the demise of the Patriots, and they always kind of start slow in September. But I honestly feel like this year's a little different, man. Like they just don't have any weapons, like receiver wise, they don't have anyone that scares you anymore. I feel like Gronk's just not into it. I mean, his like. So is the way his facial expressions are in the game. He doesn't seem that intense guy that he usually is. And it might be because he was going to be traded and he's pissed off. I don't know. Um, yeah, and, and, and no running backs, you know, no running backs at all. Yeah. And Gronk just, you know, he's not getting off of any coverage and he's not uh, creating space and separation like he's used to doing. And, you know, speaking of running backs, you know, they just put Rex Burkhead on, Burkhead on injury reserve today, which I never understood like why anyone was high on Rex Burkhead ever, but Hopefully this this gives Sony Michelle a chance and more opportunities for James White. But I think you're seeing how bad this team can be without people like Julian Edelman. And hopefully coming back after this week, you know, for week five, you know, it starts to make a difference. And, and like Dom said, with getting Josh Gordon the rock and hopefully scoring some touchdowns. Hey, Tommy, uh, Tom Brady being your dad. And speaking of our matchup last week, I think this segues into a, a good fantasy topic, and I want to get your thoughts on it. I had Mike Evans and Juju Smith-Schuster going into Sunday night, and you only had AB with a 12-point lead. And you had Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tom Brady to start. Did it ever cross your mind to maybe start Fitzpatrick over Brady? I know Brady, you got to start Brady against the, the Lions, especially after the first two weeks. So I get I get your thought. But did, you ever, did it ever cross your mind to start – Fitzpatrick to take away some of my Evans points as, as a strategy. It did cross my mind, 
but for some reason unfortunately it didn't cross my mind until it was too late and yep. until tom brady had already done what he did and of course yeah hindsight um, yeah but, but 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 before that no and i don't know why and i think it was just i was looking at the matchup we even talked about it on last week's show about how good of a matchup it is on paper so i, I was just kind of writing the relative hot hand i mean he wasn't putting up big points but i'm okay with him consistently putting up 25 but having fitzpatrick yeah maybe i should have put him in and, and looking back and I know uh, John in our league does this a lot, playing the guy, the quarterback, or whoever that that you're playing. You know, so he's getting those points off of you. So yeah, I, I totally should have. Kind of a dumb move. Uh, if I was thinking about it more, I, I definitely would have taken it back and, and put Fitzpatrick in. Yeah, I definitely see both sides of it, and I'm I'm glad you didn't. But I was telling Steve before Sunday night's game that I, I probably would have done that. And turns out, you know, Fitzpatrick still had thirty some points, and you would have won. But he could have had a dead game. You, n- you never know. But it kind of is that handcuff on the other end where I have a, a receiver. You know, if he gets touchdowns, the quarterback's going to get points too. Just like I don't like starting my defense against my number one running back. Like I don't like the Rams defense or my opponent starting. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And at, at first, I definitely wasn't thinking that when Fitzpatrick was having a bad game. You know, when he, he threw three t- interceptions. So. Um, oh, yeah. There's definitely a point where I was like, okay, I made the right decision, even if it was 10 points. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That's probably one of the best strategies to do if you can do that against some of your opponents. Especially with the lead and the situation we are in. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. That's good stuff, man. Now uh, it's time to have a little fun with our favorite commission, Tommy Moe. The Commissioner's Corner. All right, guys. So my game that I thought of this week took inspiration from a South Park episode that had Bono from U2 as number two. So this is called Don't Call Me Number Two. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to present four to five like combinations of players that have a solid number one and a number two that are both off to a hot start. And you two are going to decide who's the real number one in terms of fantasy. All right. I like it, man. So our first combination, we have Julio Jones with a total of 52 points or Calvin Ridley with 55 points. Who's the uh, girl number one? I'm going to start this one off, Dom, because I'm going to be right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with uh, Julio Jones is the real number one and Calvin Ridley is a real number as a number two. And my reasoning behind it is basically Julio Jones is a target monster. He's got 34 targets this year already compared to Calvin Ridley's 15 However, I know he only has zero, uh, zero TDs, and Calvin really does have four, but I just think that when you're getting that many targets, you're the number one receiver all the way. Yeah, I think hands down, Julio's still the number one, but it, it's tough to say in fantasy, the number one guy, if he's good enough, gets double teamed, and then he, that's why you can get performances like Calvin Ridley. And if I had to guess, I'm, I'm guessing you're going you're gonna to have another wide receiver duo in here as well, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so our next combo is uh, Antonio Brown with 56 points on the season and Juju with 67 points, who's the real number one. And again, this is in fantasy terms. Yeah, um, I think Am- Antonio Brown's still the number one here. He's going to score more touchdowns. Juju has had crazy targets but he hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns with those targets i think he had over 100 yards receiving and he didn't have a touchdown so antonio brown's definitely the number one but juju is is getting the numbers because of that double team that antonio brown and how easy did he make that touchdown look oh just run two yards catch the ball and and outrun two guys 
speed and strength. Like he's ridiculous. Just but get him the Juju's ball. getting a lot of targets and he's yeah, catching me, a lot of balls. On this one, guys, I think I got a, I got Juju as number one. A reason being is the yardage difference is huge. Um, they're pretty close in targets. Antonio has forty-two, Juju has thirty-eight, so they're you know they're targeting them pretty much the same. But the difference in yards is three fifty-six to two ten, and Juju has thirteen yard average per reception versus eight point eight from Antonio. For some reason, Big Ben is just not hooking up with Antonio deep. So um, as of right now, I got I got to say Juju's number one for me. Let's move out of the running receivers and get to running backs. Alex Collins or Buck Allen for the Ravens? Alex Collins has 32 points total and Buck Allen has 43. I think I've watched a couple of the Ravens games and I think Alex Collins is just getting unlucky right now in fantasy. He's doing all the work. He looks like the best back. And then Allen's coming in and and taking some touchdowns away from him and some receptions. So uh, clearly for me, it's, it's Collins number one. I'm going to go – it's a hard one. And like like Dom was saying, it's, I think it's pretty even actually. But I'm going with number one of being Buck Allen um, as of right now. Just because of those receptions, that's the biggest difference uh, for me. Um, and he's, like you said, he's poaching some of those touchdowns from Alex. But, and then when Kenneth Dixon comes back, though, I think you're going to have three running backs really that are going to be like a timeshare. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Good right point. now I, I'd say Buck Allen's number one for me. Tommy, since you have Collins, what do you think? Uh, I'm hoping <laughs> Alex Collins <laughs> is the number one. I'm, uh, I was really high on him coming into the season um, and getting him in the fourth round. I was really excited about that. But, yeah, I think um, he's definitely getting unlucky, kind of getting vultured. The only thing I'm worried about is if they're really looking at Buck Allen as the goal line back and he's just going to get those goal line carries. I don't think he's like that much bigger or harder of a runner than Alex Collins, but – even going back to last season, Buck Allen did get a lot of carries in the end zone, and, and he's getting those TDs, and I think that's you know where you see the difference of the points. So I'm hoping Alex Collins uh, is just off to a slow start. Whose um, value do you think goes up more if Jackson takes over for Faco? I think Alex Collins, because I think they'll use him. He's been used more in the passing game. And and they'll want a little bit more of a solid running game too to kind of counter off of what you know Lamar is going to do with with kind of improvising and, and turning nothing into something. But yeah, that, another running back pair I have on here is Derrick Henry or Deion Lewis. Derrick Henry was the man last year, and I thought he was going to continue with it this year, but uh, so far only has thirteen fantasy points, and Deion Lewis has thirty two. Dom, I think I going into the season, uh, I know you're higher on Deion Lewis than you were Derrick Henry. Yeah, um, I'm really not high on either of them. I think the Titans' offense is – I don't know what's wrong with Mariota. I want him to be good. He has all the tools. I think he's hes battered a little bit and his confidence hurts, and hes he still hasn't come off that injury from last year. So I definitely am number one, Deion Lewis. Henry had every right this year getting rid of DeMarco to take over as the number one back, and he hasn't shown me anything in the first three games. So definitely Deion Lewis number one. What do you think, Steve? I think they both suck. Uh, but, if I had to pick, <laughs> but if I had to pick one, I mean, they can't throw the ball. Mariota hasn't, like, his throwing hand is broken, basically. He can't throw the ball at all. But if I had to pick, I mean, I'm going to take Deion Lewis strictly because he's a, you know, a catching t- uh, running back. Other than that, I mean, there's really not much of a difference to me how, and both of them. How does Blaine Gabbert still have a job in the NFL? That's my question. Smartest guy in the world. He's like the luckiest guy in the world. Everywhere he goes, the starting quarterback gets hurt. 
Yeah, but then, but then, but then he has to play, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that, that's what he's like." I forgot. <laughs> well, he's a backup. It's a good backup. So, some guys are great playing. backups. Yeah, you know, that that's where they thrive is as a backup. Yeah, no, I, I look think at, look, at, <clears throat> look at AJ McCarron. You know, Matt Castle comes to mind. Best backup of all time. Oh yeah. So you know the the last combination I have on here is a little bit of of a wild card because it's it's not two players but it's three, so it's kind of like you know who would you rank as the real one two and three here? So we're gonna go to the Lions uh, wide receiver and core. So Golden Tate with forty nine points, Marvin Jones with forty points, or Kenny Galladay with fifty five points. I am uh, gonna go uh, with well. First, let me start with I think the Lions are kind of like a. a sp- a weird offense in the sense that they really don't use tight ends at all. So you, they actually can support three receivers, kind of like the Rams with Woods, Cup, and um, Cooks. Um, so, but for me, I still think Golden Tate is the number one guy. He's getting 36 targets compared to the closest guy to him is Galladay with 28. I will say though that Galladay is definitely the best talent of all three. They call him like Baby Tron. I think is what they're calling him uh, over there in Lions camp. So, um, and then third for me is Marvin Jones, but I think they're all pretty uh, fantasy relevant to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm opposite of Steve. I think Galladay is the number one. He's Matthew Stafford's new favorite toy. And he looks like the most talented receiver on there. Then I have Jones because he's technically the deep threat. He's got that 85 yard touchdown potential. Golden Tate's the in between the numbers possession receiver. So he'll get the targets like Steve said. So I got Galladay one, Jones two and Tate three. Interesting guys. Yeah. I think that whole backfield, um, because there's three guys that choose from, it kind of reminds me of the saints back in the day where you don't really know who's going to get the ball. So me personally, um, that kind of turned me off from, from drafting any of those guys this season. But I think that the lines are going to always be coming back. You know, they're always going to be down. They throw the ball, I think 70% of the time. So, I mean, if you're going to throw that much, you're going to be able to have these guys, getting enough points at least to be, uh, like I said, fantasy relevant. All right, guys, let's move on to some uh, Super Friends League talk. The Super Friends League. All right, guys, let me go really quick through the week three results. Uh, We had the Mexicans beating um, Aaron Rapoli's team 156 to 112. We had Dominic beating Tommy in the host bowl, 153 to 137. So frustrating. (laughs) We had uh, Matt with a bye this week uh, playing uh, Fosberg, winning 149 to 80. And we had John beating Art, 131 to 125, in a pretty close matchup. And then we had Vince uh, continue his uh, domination here, 149 to 107 against Jeff. So, Tommy, give us the Game of the Week winner, man. So, yeah, the Game of the Week winner for Week 3 is Time to Eat, Matt Baldwin's team, for his shellacking of armed Rogery with a score of 149 to 80, a 69-point victory and the biggest blowout of the week. This time doing it with different players than he did in Week 2 with Matt Ryan going off uh, like we talked about earlier but also Travis Kelsey keeping it up and and Devin DeFunches getting a score so this is showing that Matt's you know making some good roster moves and and starting the correct players to get a second one in a row you know but it's also the second time in three weeks that armed Rodgery has failed to reach 100 points we all know that the magic number in our league is about 140 and you're probably going to get a win or get close to it so not reaching 100 is, is kind of bad. So um, Is, is know, Fosberg that, the worst team in the league? Uh, record-wise, he's definitely not the worst team. And, and week two, he put up, I think, 160. So he has some potential. 
but with the guys that he's ha- that he has that are getting hurt, a couple with Le'Veon Bell and and you know not knowing what's going on at all. So far, yeah, I would say he's you know the worst team in the league right now. Even though uh, I think we have Jeff at zero and three, but yeah, if he doesn't do something now, or you know to turn it around, he's had he has a steep hill to climb. I'd like to add something to that. Uh, just a kind of a fantasy what if or, or nerd stat for me. If Vince and Matt played this week, they would have tied. Uh, they had the same exact score at the end of the week. And the reason I bring this up is I really enjoy our. It's only happened once in our league, but the way we we break up ties is we have the highest player on the bench that's not a quarterback because not everyone carries two quarterbacks to score the highest amount would break the tie. So Matt would have beat Vince if they played this week because he had Hyde on the bench scoring 23 and Vince had Kenny Steeles with 15. I just want to throw that out there for people that aren't in our league. I think that's a great way to resolve ties. We we got rid of fraction points a long time ago because they annoy us and I think that's the best way out there. Speaking of fraction points, did you hear about all the people that yes. uh, lost their win, lost their league, uh, league game because of Ben Roethlisberger taking three knees in a row? Yes, yeah, that was I insane, felt man. So bad for some of those guys, and like they, I tweeted to one guy, like this is why we got rid of fractions. Like this sucks. Well, well not only that, but we got rid of uh, minus yards for sacks by quarterbacks. Oh right, we thought, and that's that's, and I think that's main reason because I don't think someone deserves. Uh, to, to lose a game because of kneeling, you know, I think yeah. that's just ridiculous, man. Fantasy football is supposed to be about scoring points, not, exactly. not taking them away. Exactly, I agree. All right, guys, any suggestions to any teams this week? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. I think if you're in, in the league, if you're looking for running backs, Steve's the guy to talk to. Free nuggets. Uh, I could be wrong, but <laughs> stay away from my running backs, man. But he has, he has. <laughs> I think, I think the running backs he's willing to part with are Barkley. If the price is right, that's a big, that's a big what if. Connor and even even Ingram, Mark Ingram. So those are all tradable assets. You got to come correct for all three of those guys. Because I'm sure Tom uh, sees yeah, come high right. them. Come right. But man. and then and then on the opposite side, uh, if you need receivers, Jeff's your guy. Free nuggets. I mean, I think all his receivers are up for bet. He's got Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Geronimo Allison, Marvin Jones, and Anuwa. I mean, Jeff, you know. Oh, I'm sorry, and Corey Davis. Jeff, you know you can only start at most three receivers. <laughs> so <laughs> Steve's your guy for running backs, and Jeff's your guy for receivers if you need to get a trade. Free nuggets. I forgot Steve had Mark Ingram. I'm, I'm real curious to see yeah, what that's he's my little do when stash, he comes back. Bro. Well, I mean, yeah, well. with Kamara off to such a hot start, you know, does he, did he slow down at all, I, I, you know? I think definitely Kamara is going to slow down a lot with Ingram. I think that's what the Saints are kind of – because the Saints have been winning, but they're winning like in these shootouts. And they lost already, obviously, to the Bucks the first week. They need a little bit of balance. You know, they're not running the ball enough. And I think that's what Mark Ingram is going to provide to them. And I think he's going to cut up, uh, cut into a Kamara's production, definitely, in my opinion. Well, you know, I think that's true, too, you know, because like – Camaro only had what 66 yards rushing, you know, and 16 carries. And, and, you know, he put up a ton of points, but it was because, mostly because of his catches. You know, he had 15 catches for 124 yards. So, yeah, you know, I could see that with, with marking or coming back, they do get a little more balance with an actual run game and a true running back, um, but still sprinkling it around to Camaro as much as possible. I think Kamara's total points go down, but he becomes more effective because, like Steve said, now they have to respect the inside running game with Ingram. And right. I had Kamara last year, and they were both tearing it up each week. And so Kamara is now going to be on the outside more. You got to have a, hold another safety or linebacker in the box because 
Ingram's gashing you for eight, 10 yards. And then the, the screens and the outside dink and dunks become more effective because more people in the box. So I think it's as long as they keep being in shootouts, it's, it's good for both backs. But I think production wise, his points come down a little bit for sure. I think it's just getting harder at this point. The, I think the season is starting to kind of settle in. Um, there's not as many, you know, surprises anymore. Like everyone kind of knows, you know, who's going to do well. So it's going to be a little bit harder for us to kind of give as good of free nuggets as we possibly can. I mean, but best thing is just matchups for me, you know, just looking at the matchups and, and seeing who they're playing against. And then, and then like Dom's strategy that he said earlier in the podcast, about you know seeing whose quarterback is starting or defense and stuff that's that's important stuff to look at steve we might have to be talk, talking later just uh, off air oh. <laughs> hey, this is company time tom this is company time all right uh, you know make, go ahead i'm oh, sorry you know, and just one uh, like kind of league news reminder uh, that i have as as the commission of our super friends league is this week is the first week of bye weeks. You know, we have Carolina and Washington on a bye. Uh, so this is going to start the first uh, first of many bye weeks from here on out. So, you know, make sure to plan for it, plan ahead, plan accordingly. Please check your lineup. But I think that applies to some other leagues. Our, our league's pretty good with uh, getting things set up pretty early. But, yeah, don't forget, bye weeks are a coming. Don't be a phosphor, guys. Don't be a phosphor. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyways, uh, let's make it hot in here uh, with some blazing predictions. Blazing predictions. All right, guys. Just to recap last week's results, I only had three right. Dominic had five and uh, Tommy had four. So for the season, Dominic and Tommy are tied at 10 correct picks. And I am trailing by two uh, at eight. And we'll be catching up this week, though. So let's get right into it. The first matchup this week we're going to pick is myself against uh, Art. I'm going to go with my first pick uh, with Mexicans uh, over the Expendables. As much as, you know, since we're competitors, uh, as much as I don't want to see you continue your unbeaten streak, I think it does continue. You know, unless for some reason Aaron Rodgers just demolishes Buffalo. Which uh, is possible. <laughs> which is possible. You know, Julio Jones has Cincinnati. You know, so he has some pretty good matchups. You know, we talked about Gronkowski earlier, you know, trying to, like, turn it on and, and get something going. But, you know, one free nugget I have for Art kind of still goes back to last week's free nugget and getting a little bit better uh, running backs on your team. You know, maybe making some trades or just getting a serviceable number two. Chris Ivory for Buffalo, um, starting as an MB2 right now. <laughs> a little rough. A little rough. Free nuggets. I'm yeah, to see Chris Carson. That's going to be I'm interesting in this week. I'm in the same boat. I'd love to see Art get a win here and make me the only undefeated team. But I hate I'm it, pick, man. I'm picking Steve because uh, Barkley and Gordon have nice matchups against New Orleans and San Francisco. So the combination of those running backs are a little too tough. And Art's receivers, you know, going against Minnesota's D, it doesn't look good with Cooper Cup uh, in the slot being the th- you know, second or third option. So I got I got Steve in this one. All right, guys, moving on. We got uh, Dominic Rickard against uh, Aaron Fosberg this week. Who you got, Tommy? Oh, I definitely got Dominic's team. Watson's macking on Mike Gurley. I think they definitely are going to win this game, partly because it's receivers again, Mike Evans and Juju. And Todd Gurley is the best running back in the league. I know Kamara is putting up a ton of points, but overall, Gurley's the man. So uh, I think, yeah, I think Dominic's going to get this easy win. Looking at 
Aaron's team right now. I would bet that he doesn't hit 100 points again for the third time this season. Oh, bold prediction. See who you got before I pick myself. (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, Dominic as well. Pretty much the same reason uh, uh, Tommy was saying the the receivers are a lot better. And I mean, Todd Gurley is the truth, man. He's so good. Every time I just love watching him play. I mean, he runs hard. He can catch it. He's really good. And then uh, with, you know, Fosberg, you better hope the Raiders have a good game because he's starting Jerry Cook and Amari Cooper. So um, it's possible, but we won't know. Till, hey, uh, real quick Sunday. on that one, on his team, we don't know what's going on with A.J. Green right now. I mean, I haven't gotten an update on his injury. Uh, I think it was a groin have, injury. Have you guys heard anything? I, like, you know, if he's practicing, I haven't heard that he's it's, not. It's, but. An, it's an old college injury that is, is just <laughs> nagging. That's what it said in the Yahoo. An old college injury? You really said that? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> wow. what it said on Yahoo. And so it's it's not a concern. He, he's going to start. If I think he, he practiced play, today. If you saw the play, he got hit in the face, and that's why he came out of the game for a little bit. Obviously, I'm picking myself. Uh, I do like the handcuff that he has Fuller and I have Watson, like we talked about earlier. So all TDs must go to, must go to Nook this week, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But besides that, um, yeah, I got me in a landslide. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> all right, next one we have the Godfather versus Time to Eat. Interesting matchup. They're both projected at 133 to 134. So it's going to be a close one. Uh, who you got, Dominic? Uh, I'm actually going to defer to hear what you guys say because if you guys have a consensus, I'm taking the other one because uh, <laughs> no, a I just want to. Yeah, just exactly. <laughs> I just want to separate myself a little bit because, uh, like you said, it's it's really close. I th- I see Russell Wilson having a field day in Arizona, uh, along with Keenan Allen, but Matt has uh, hot Matt Ryan and Fournette. Uh, I had him last year, and when he comes off of missing some games, he comes back hot and and fresh. So. It's too close for me to pick, so I'm just going to go off of the opposite. And if you guys don't have a consensus, then I'm going to go with Matt because Jeff pissed me off today, and he knows why. (laughs) (laughs) Get a little personal. All right, Tommy, start us off then, I guess, because we need special treatment for Dominic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely going to go with uh, Time to Eat uh, in this one over Godfather. Mostly, I think Stefan Diggs and the entire Minnesota receiving core are going to have huge games uh, with both Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters out for the Rams. I know it's a Thursday night game, but with those guys out, with how bad the Minnesota Vikings lost last week, uh, and it being a nationally televised game, I think they're going to go hard on this one, and I think they're going to put up a ton of points. Uh, Also, having Kareem Hunt and Kelsey with a Monday night matchup just always seems to work out in our league. You know, a lot of people seem to get that win on Monday night football, kind of like Dominic did last week. Still bitter. Nice. I'm going to go with Jeff in this one. Uh, I know it's kind of, he hasn't showed much, but I think the change from Sam Bradford to Rosen is going to help uh, Johnson, I believe, because uh, I, th- I feel like Rosen's going to probably start checking down a little bit more to Johnson. Could be the rookie's best friend. And I like Keenan Allen this week in San Francisco and, and uh, Robert Woods, um, even though I know it's a tough matchup, but I still think he'll get his. So I'm going with uh, Jeff this week. All right, lock me down for Matt then. All right, there you go. It'll be interesting to see who gets more points between Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. You know, they both have one of each. I think Thursday night's probably the best Thursday night game we've had in a long time, or at least the most hyped up game. Well, and also, you know, I almost got into a Twitter fight uh, today about it because there was some guy that was just mad that Thursday night football games, you know, he's like, oh, they suck. I'm like, what's football? Who cares? And then he goes, oh, well, there's going to be two female uh, reporters broadcasting this game. So that's going to be terrible. I'm like, why is that going to be terrible just because they're females? But 
Also, just to mention that there's two female uh, reporters broadcasting for the first time on a Thursday night football game, or I think it's on Amazon. Yeah, on Amazon Prime. Prime, So I'll be watching that. And I'm curious to see what they have to say. I mean, as long as you're. I think it's it's Hannah Storm and uh, Andrea Kramer. Oh they're yeah, they're great. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. they, they can't be any worse than uh, than freaking Jason Witten was last week. Oh, definitely take down versus that guy and like, that other dude. Yeah, yeah. He, he was just too excited, man. He was like, "I, I got my shot." <laughs> you know, I'll take I'll take too excited Tony Romo any day over Jason Witten. Yeah, um, absolutely. Tony Romo's yeah, Tony one of my favorite announcer, and I didn't like him yeah. to start off the year. And you guys brought me around on him, and his, oh, he's amazing. His, break, his breakdown yeah, of the good. game. They're going to throw the ball over the middle right here, and sure enough, they do. It's, it it's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's move on to uh, the next matchup. Brady's Brown Boys versus Jeebus Strikes Back. What do you got, uh, Dominic? I want to give this one to John because of Hopkins versus Indy, and then Thielen, like Tommy said, uh, he'll be facing lesser corners because both the uh, Rams starting corners. But I'm going to go with Tommy. Uh, just because of John's running backs, Ajayi and a Cook, I, I don't see him having big weeks. Uh, Cook, you know, going against that strong D front and having two um, Vikings on his team, I, I just don't like that. And uh, I think Tommy has a huge day from Landry, 13-plus targets with uh, Baker Mayfield throwing in the ball. And uh, if, Tommy, if you do win, will you do me a favor? If Landry and Thomas outscore Brown, will you put those as your two main receivers and move – Antonio Brown to the, the the slot instead of having Antonio just Brown because. just because it, just I'm because a, yeah I'm just a, I like to, to rank my guys and and I feel like the slot's a lesser position and so you're just telling the league that I think Antonio Brown is lesser than these two guys that's just I a just, favorite I just like I just like juice in the flex I think he like fits in the flex <laughs> it's a nice it's a nice flex for sure yeah you know but uh, so cool. I got Tommy in this one Steve who do you got I got. Um, I'm gonna take John on this one, and I think just because I'm trying to catch up in my pickums, but I do like some of his matchups. I like you said. I like Hopkins. I like Stafford against Dallas. I think Dallas is a little overrated, um, so I think Stafford has a big game. And uh, the only one I'm kind of you know questionable about is uh, Jai, but we'll see. I might be picking a uh, picking a, a loser, but uh, I'm gonna go with John this week. Don't call John a loser. That's messed up, man. No, sorry, John. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to pick myself this week. Uh, you know, I, if I don't think I'm going to win, I definitely would like to pick another person. But uh, mainly, I don't think his running backs are going to perform. I mean, Dalvin Cook and Ajay have basically been hurt. I mean, Dalvin Cook's just getting back to practice this week. Um, so I, I just don't think he's going to put up numbers. But, you know, I'm really looking for a bounce back from Tom Brady this week and and some more production out of, uh, out of Kyle Rudolph. But... The one thing I'm kind of questioning right now is whether to play James White or Alex Collins. You know, I'll probably go with Alex Collins, but I'm still kind of toying with the decision to maybe take a gamble and and play James White. And if I do, I hope that doesn't backfire. All right, last one we have is Noble Savages versus Stand Up Colin. Looks like Noble Savages is predicted to win again. Tommy, start us off on this one. Uh, It's insane. Um, Every week. You know, Vince is predicted to to score over 150 points, and he's pretty much been getting that. So I have Noble Savages this week uh, getting the win uh, over stand-up Colin. Yeah, his his team's on fire. Patrick Mahomes, OBJ, Tyreek Hill, Kamara, Lynch, Ertz. It's it's ridiculous. So 
Uh, I think he's going to pull it off, but I do think Stan of Collins is going to have a good game. You, you know, he's predicted for 130. I bet he gets at least 140. Uh, I think Zeke Elliott has a good game against Detroit. But maybe, you know, one free nugget for him to consider, maybe in the flex or maybe in place of Allen Robinson is, you know, see how Josh Gordon's doing throughout the week. And if he looks like maybe he gets the start at game time, maybe want to switch him out. Tommy, are you reading my notes? Because that's pretty much word for word what I had to say. Um, yeah, I, I hacked your uh, your computer and <laughs> Kam- I'm reading Kamara, it. Kamara and Mahomes right now can only be stopped by a bye week, in my opinion. So I, I got Vince in this one, but I do have ep- upset alert potential game of the week on this one because of mm. Zeke. And I think Devontae Adams has a big game as well. But you just can't stop that duo right now. I know. As much as I want to pick Aaron's team, man, I think, like you said, you guys already nailed it. Um, Vince's team is just loaded. But one free nugget um, I did want to give Aaron, too, is uh, keep an eye on uh, Sony Michelle. You know, especially now that Rex uh, Burkhead is on the IR. I think uh, I think a lot of people are buying stock on uh, Michelle. Free nuggets. And I think he could be an everyday, every, excuse me, every week starter. So, but I'll take Vince on this one, too. Steve, I just wanted to add, this is the first week you've picked me, so if I lose, it's your fault. You jinxed me. Thank you. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you lose, man. I hope you lose. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I love you both, but it's about yeah. time for you guys to lose. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, making us part of your day. And as always, uh, please leave any comments or questions in our Yahoo Fantasy app, or you can find us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at uh, FBSavant7075. You can find me at TMO52 underscore. And I'm at YeastMode24. All right, guys, good luck this week in fantasy. Sweet.